Welcome to Conversations with Toy, a blogcast tackling life one episode at a time. This is the time to air out life's craziest moments. This space is all about speaking about life's hang-ups and ways in which we can leave better than when we started. Topics are all about ways we can find space to be better in life, love, mental space and health. I hope you enjoyed that intro. So you have tuned into obviously conversations with toy. And my name is La Toy, but I go by toy. And of course, if you've been seeing the podcast artwork, it is spelled T O I. I am a Philadelphia lifestyle blogger. And I have been blogging for I would say the last five years, we are slowly and gratefully approaching year six, which is so amazing to even think about. And so I get asked, all the time, what in the world is a lifestyle blogger? And to me, because it may mean differently for everyone else, but to me, I believe that it's about really talking about life. And I feel that there's no one else that can talk about my personal life more than me. So yes, I do talk about my personal life. I talk about the highs and the lows, because I know a lot of times the lifestyle bloggers, especially if you go to like their social media pages, of which, you know, you can find me on all social media platforms as Toy Time Blog. So that's T-O-I- T-I-M-E blog or one word. And I find that yes, lifestyle bloggers, we all love to have, you know, pretty aesthetic pictures and everything showing us in our best light. Because I mean, let's be real, who wants to go out here showing themselves looking crazy and not having it all together. But what I do appreciate about my blog is that I tend to talk about the things that no one wants to talk about. I tend to talk about the times that I felt miserably And I tend to figure out what lessons I've learned because I realized for myself that oftentimes those those quote unquote failures is where most of the majority of people are. They just afraid to talk about it. When I first started out blogging, I would get people all the time say I wouldn't have shared that. Like, for instance, um, I had a hysterectomy a couple years ago and and people were like, oh, my God, why why would you share that? The biggest reason is there are a thousand million women out there who have had it done and they may feel like they're alone. There's questions that they are probably afraid to ask where I'm just like, nah, no, hold, no, you know, no bars hold. I'm going to answer them. And that is really what it's about, because the reality is women, especially we are so connected by the things that we go through. But we spend so much time trying to find a way to hide behind them that we don't have this outlet to talk about it. That is my outlet. So if you're tuned in to Conversations with Toy, this is your first time because this is the premiere episode. And you're going to get straightforward conversation. I'm going to be extremely blunt when it comes to talking about certain topics. I want to keep it that way because again, that's how we all live our lives to a certain extent. And I know a lot of times we're just afraid to speak up and I want to be that, that avenue that says, nah, we can talk about it. It's, it's fine. And I want us to have that big conversation about, you know, whatever we got going on. For today's episode, I really wanted to dig into, first of all, getting to know who I am, getting to know me, and just figuring out the maybe why are you listening to like, what can you expect? Again, I can't stress it enough, you're going to get pretty much a bold conversation. And it may be some of the boldest you've ever heard. But that's just how that's just how my life is. I've always grown up in a home where, you know, my mom, she was very sharp, she was very sharp, she just said how she said it, there was no sugarcoating in our home. That could be considered good or bad, depending on how you look at it. But at the end of the day, that's just the type of house that I live in or I lived in. Now as a mom, I am a mom of three. 
And now as a mom, I do my best to give them non-sugar coating according to their ages. So that means that as they matriculate and get older, we're probably going to have some real take it right there conversations because they live in a take it right there world. And it would be, in my opinion, it would be just ridiculous to not tell them straight up how things are going to go. Cause the reality is their friends are going to tell them stuff and it probably won't even be true. And their schools are going to tell them stuff and life is going to tell them stuff. And I'm not going to be afraid of anything to, to be real with my own children. So I hope that I try to do as much balancing with that as much as possible. But I really want to help my kids to really get to, you know, their best to be their best selves when they get to whatever part of life that they're in. And the reality of it is I want to be my kids first teacher. And so I really take that extremely seriously. And um, so let's talk about the first failure that really just actually perpetuated me first to my blog and then how we got here to this space. Uh, When I first started blogging, I unashamedly was actually in therapy for postpartum depression. And I know we don't like to talk about postpartum depression, but it's a real and serious situation. Um, I found myself extremely, now I know, understand them to be triggers at the time. I just was like, Hey, I'm having these moments and they are really bigger than me. And I don't know how to handle that. And I had talked to several people who were just like, girl, you need to go take, you know, a nap when the baby goes to sleep. Now I know most people hear that I haven't heard anybody not tell a new mom that but the reality is is that when the baby goes down there's a thousand and one things in your mind that goes you know in your thought process of things you could be doing sleep is at the top but usually not one of the things that you gravitate towards for me when the when my kids would go down for a nap I would be like well I can hurry up and get a shower without you know them waking up or I could run and get something to eat or I could watch a tv show that I haven't been able to watch There's like, you know what I mean? And sleep is not one of the ones that I felt was just going to be one of those things where you get, you take this great nap, you wake up and you feel so much better about your life. And that was not happening for me. I was taking naps, waking up even more irritated, or I couldn't sleep all the way through because my, um, at the beginning, my oldest was a preemie and she was in a NICU. So, you know, that fear of checking her almost every hour to make sure she's breathing was real for me. So sleeping through that just, that wasn't a thing. By the time I went, had my second child, I was so, I don't even know what the words to describe it. I want to say kind of like thrown just with the amount of emotions and hormones that I was feeling and no place to really express it. And again, the same advice of take a nap when the baby sleeps. Now, it just didn't work. And so I was finding myself triggered. I was finding myself screaming, hollering with my first child because she was in NICU. Now, granted, she was in a NICU for like less than a week. But I felt like the bonding between her and I wasn't as strong. And so that that bothered me as she began to get older. Like I was on top of her medical stuff. You couldn't tell me how to pretty much keep her alive. I was on top when I by the time I found out that I was having my second one, she was just what a toddler. If that she was like really she was like about a toddler, about maybe two or two and a half. And so it was hard. It was hard to navigate this space with this this child that I'm you know trying to make sure she's alive and I'm scared every time something happens and then you find out that you're pregnant again and let me just give some backstory so it wasn't just about being pregnant because I mean hormones are strong as it is but I was also experiencing a lot of new things all at one time so I got engaged in October moved to Philadelphia I believe in February 
And now I have this toddler and then I just found out literally in the midst of the move. So I was like thrown up and getting sick and the miss physically in the middle of the move and took a pregnancy test. By the time I moved to Philadelphia, discovered that I was pregnant. Let me just tell you, it was just the wave of emotions was so much. Plus, I was leaving home. I wouldn't consider it for my first time because I was already in college, you know, years before I graduated from Penn State University. So I'd already moved and was away from my family. But moving away from the whole, I would say my support system was a lot. Like I found myself trying to travel back and forth, going back and forth home because I just could not get myself together to stay here in Philadelphia. It was just a big, it was a lot of things going at one time. The overwhelmness that I felt was so hard to put into words. And I felt like I had no type of support system here and I was just was feeling lost. And so once I started going through these outbursts, I'm talking about screaming, hollering. I just was feeling like as a mom, like these are not things that I'm supposed to feel. Now, let me just be clear. So we don't have people, you know, trying to send CYS to my house. I was not doing any of that towards my children. It was more at the time, my fiance, who was now my husband, screaming and hollering, all these battles. And it just made me look so unstable. I felt unstable. I just couldn't figure it out. Well, one of my friends, God bless, I'll call her my friend C. She was like, listen, you need to go get checked out. You need to talk to your doctor. Maybe it's postpartum. I'm like, what's postpartum? Then I began to research because I'm a type A personality. I was like, let me get on my Google. So, you know, when you look up anything on Google, you already going to die. You already did. It's already done. Whatever it is, it's like you don't already lost blood, even though you ain't bleeding. You know, already sick, even though you're not throwing up. It's like Google, it can be your friend, but it could also be the worst thing to happen to you. And so as I looked it up, I was like, you know what? These symptoms seem similar, but maybe they're not the case. So I went to my doctor. I talked to my doctor who got me in contact with therapists who then just pretty much helped me right through this. And so this was many months of therapy. And as I got to the almost my one or last two sessions, she said, you know, you've talked about writing. You really should think about it. Maybe make it creative. And I was like, I don't really want to write a book, although I do want to now. I don't know if what I want to do because I mean, what can you do with writing? So I decided to write a blog and I took a chance and just started typing. Now, if you go back to any of them first blogs, listen, I plead the fifth. They are some of the most craziest of craziest of craziest things. But what I will say is that I was very clear about the content that I wanted to put out, but I didn't really know what that really meant. Like, I didn't know anything about content writing. I didn't know about taking good quality pictures and posting. I mean, I was just posting memes, to be honest with you. I was like, oh, that meme fit. Put that in there. So if you go to those first ones, don't judge me. And even now, I feel like there's always room for growth. So I'm always about growth. But when I first started, I was told, oh, girl, you you should not. You should not be blogging. This is horrible. This is the worst thing. Yeah, it was, you know, there was like people like, no, this is really good. Don't stop. Don't stop. So shout out to the people who had my back and even shout out to the ones who didn't because reality is that people are going to like you and people aren't going to like you right that's just the reality of where we are in this life so that is how the blog started it literally came from the most painful place of me getting past the you know and I won't say getting past I'll say getting through getting through postpartum was such a big feat for me it was just it was everything. And it literally was the, I think the most life-changing thing that saved me. Cause I honestly don't believe that I would be anywhere near being the mom that I am today. Uh, being that stay at home mom too. Oh yeah. And I was a stay at home mom. I know there has to be a couple stay at home moms listening. Let me just tell you, I f- understand how you feel when you feel like you have no outlet that is not about these kids that are not about changing diapers that are not about being around other adults. 
I used to be so excited just to go to like a play date just so I can wave at another mom. Now, I'm also antisocial a little bit, too. So I was like, let me wave. And I got my little adult interacting, but I don't want you to get close. So, you know, I had a lot of strikes going against me. I'm a tourist. I don't know if that I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, I know that we're a little bullheaded, but whatever. At the end of the day. So I have very introverted uh, characteristics about myself, at least back then. I'm becoming more of an extrovert now. And how many of y'all who are introverts dealing with COVID, are you ready to get out there now? Like, are you just going to stop delaying going out? (laughs) I'm sure some of you are. So that is how the story of my blog literally was made from a painful place. And that is why I was so honest about speaking very vividly about being in this most painful place. Because, you know, as a mom, I'm not supposed to say that I'm upset about something, right? I'm not supposed to ever talk about how... I don't feel like I'm making it and making it work. I'm supposed to just have it all together. I'm supposed to just birth a baby and I've never taken care of a baby full time. And I'm supposed to be able to just keep this child alive, keep them happy, keep their mental state together, keep my mental state together and everything will be okay. And that is like, (laughs) I think about it and the pressures that we put on moms, y'all, it is not easy and it is not, it is not. So if you are a mom or thinking about having children, Trust me, I understand. And this is exactly why with my new fr- my friends anyway, I should say that have new babies, I make it my personal mission to call them. I don't even ask about the baby, not that I'm being smart or rude, but I ask them about them. And I know what questions to ask because I know what I was dealing with. And let me tell you, I've had conversations that I thought would be five minutes with my friends and have turned to two hours. And you know what I do? I make myself available because that may be the only conversation that a mom is actually getting. And I also try to keep and make sure that I give them resources. I think the biggest thing is that with women, because we go through the same type of, you know, sort of thing is that we believe that you're the only person in the whole world going through that. And that is so not true. And so how did I get to this space? So a couple of years ago, I was like, you know, I'm first of all, let me just back up a little bit. So I'm in an organization or with an organization, the culture professional. And they have a lot of their um, a lot of things that they put out about our podcast. And I have guest starred with them in the very beginning. And I was just a resident blogger. And then now I also have a podcast with them called Tea with Toy. So if you I don't like to get it confused, but there is Tea with Toy and then there's Conversations with Toy, two different types of blogs. But it gave me the chance to see that, OK, we can actually just go ahead and turn this space, which is my po- my blog into a podcast because people were just like, you know, I, I, I get people who like to read. There's always different avenues. Some people like to read. Some people like to look at pictures. Some people like to listen. I am the ex- same exact way. So this is going to mirror a lot of the blogs where we talk about just the very raw conversations. And so I found that this space was really, was really came to me. It literally, I didn't have to work at it. So Seeing that I already had the blog, it just made it easy. Now, let me just tell you what happened. So a couple of uh, weeks ago, I sent an email over to Good Pods. Now, if you don't know who Good Pods are, I'm going to go ahead and put that plug in because they are some amazing people, amazing founders there. So Good Pods is a place where you go in and you can see what your friends are listening to. Now, you don't just go over there to Snoop to see what they're doing. You have an account, you make an account. They when you watch or listen to, I should say, listen to a podcast, it'll show, you know, what you're listening to, who you like, things of that sort. Where Good Pods is a place where you can get any of your podcasts, including Conversations with Toy. 
And you literally can just, instead of asking your friend, well, what po- what podcast are you listening to today? If you just go to their page on Good Pods, you can see exactly what they're doing, what they're listening to. And then therefore, you know, you don't have to ask them. You can just go listen to the same thing and then you guys can talk about it later on. That is what Good Pods is. So I sent them a message about just getting some help about, you know, where to start and how to get everything off the ground. Didn't realize, wouldn't have even considered that the C, the one of the founders, JJ, got in contact with me and just had a whole conversation with me. We set up a, a Zoom call. We know how we like Zoom in COVID times. Uh, Zoom is our best friend. And we had a really authentic conversation on Zoom, just talking about what it is that they do and how it just was like a, a perfect fit. Now, let me just talk about timing, because I know there's somebody here in these COVID times that's trying to figure out how do you pick up your life from right now and you're dealing with trying to keep yourself safe and keep yourself from being sick, trying to figure out what you can do, especially if you're a creative mindset like I am. Timing is everything. When I sent the message, I sent it with an ask, but I I formulated my ask by not saying, hey, can you just figure out how I can get on your platform? I said, hey, can you tell me who is the best in the business that you guys have been working with? Is there any way to set up a conversation so that we can so I can talk and pick their brains? I never expected. I shouldn't say never expected. I expected it, but I was just like, I'm not going to hold my breath. You know, people are are wearing COVID time. So, you know, people are busy. They're trying to keep themselves sane. So we don't I don't know what's going to happen with this. Found out she responded extremely quickly. And that's just how it went. Now, let's flash forward a little bit. JJ also is very good friends with the CEO of Blogger, um, Samantha Ski, and I didn't even know, had no clue. And so the two mirror together now, if you're like, Blogger, what's Blogger? Blogger is a space for creators, whether you are a, they're starting to do podcasts and, you know, create, look at the space for podcasting, but they're known for bloggers, um, influencers as the such. And I am part of their She Media um, network. But again, even with being a part of their She Media network, I would have never even crossed the two together. Not even on, not even by chance I would have done so. And so I was the opening speaker of their creator summit, which was about, I think, two Fridays ago. Yeah, two weeks ago. And it was amazing. And, you know, one of the things I talked about was, you know, learning how to navigate and how to network when you feel like you're overwhelmed in a room. Now, I in the midst of me going to therapy for postpartum, what I also realized is that I have, I deal with depression and it's more episodic depression and I deal with anxiety. So for me, when I get extremely anxious, I find that I am, my heart starts racing, my hands get really sweaty. I start stressing about a thousand and one things that may even, may not even really be happening. But for me, for my episodic depression, it has to be something that reminds me of something in the past. When those moments happen, if I'm not careful, I'll get into this like downward spiral of like crazy thoughts and really sad or overwhelmed. Or I find for me, for me, this is not for everybody. For me, my depression comes out in the form of anger, which I did not know, did not understand that because I just figured, well, I'm just angry because I have a right to be angry because of whatever may be going on. But for me, my depression, my episodic um, issues would come out in the form of anger. So because I am aware of that, it's okay for me to be angry, but I'm more aware and I sit down with myself and more in tune with myself to find out why. Is it something that's happening from the past that reminds me of something? And if that is the case, then I work through it. How do I work through it? I utilize the tools that were given to me in therapy. I carry a journal with me everywhere I go. And if for ever some odd reason, I don't have a journal on me, I do use, I have an iPhone 
and I will use the notes to write down right then how I'm feeling, what's going on. And I'll stop. Like, I don't care where I'm at. It could be, it doesn't matter where I'm at. So now that is like my go-to plan to deal with myself. And it has been working for me. Again, I want to stress that I have been in counseling on and off for the last couple of years. I haven't been in a, I would say, I haven't had a need of a counselor or a therapist, I would think in the last one and a half years. But prior to that, I had to go through a lot of layers of just some childhood things and just really un- unraveling myself so that I can deal with myself. And reality of it is that's just how I do. I just, that's just how I need to move in order for me to be healthy mentally. And it works for me. So I am not against people getting therapy. Although I will say mostly in the black community, we are told that that is white people problems. And that is absolutely not the case. Therapy is a great, great tool. I am the hugest, biggest advocate for it because I know that it has worked for me. And it doesn't mean that I feel like it's going to work for everyone else. But let me just also say something about therapy. Therapy is not a one way situation where you sit on someone's couch like you see in the movies and you just pour your heart out to them and you just are so super good. In reality, when you are in therapy, it is one of the most traumatic experiences of re re speaking on the issues that you've already knew were tr- that were already paying for they already hurt you I have left therapy sessions have had to go to sleep because I've been exhausted I have left therapy sessions in tears I have left therapy sessions in anger it's nothing like the the televisions or the movie shows you where you just leave and you just you know you just grab sunflowers and you skip to your car it's nothing like that so I always am very real with people when I tell them that once you start to go to therapy, it's almost like unraveling layers of yourself and then being open and raw and then having to replace the layers that you weren't held on to with the things that are going to make you better and then realizing the part that you played, right? Because even as adults, I'm very sure that no matter what happened to me as a child, although there were people who have done what they've done and they should completely be held accountable there comes a part where I have to take that the pain and hurt and turn it into something good. And that only can that can only be done by me doing the work. So if you're going to therapy or have the idea of you may wanting to go to therapy, please understand that therapy is work. It is a very, very much two uh, two ways uh, street. And the reality is for me, I always chose my therapist as those who could help me to lead me to the answers, not those who could give it. Those situations have been the best for me. And again, you should be in therapy if you feel like you need it, but always pick your therapist that makes you feel safe, that you feel is helping you get to the place where you want to be. And who also will call, you know, that will call you to the rug. Because for me, I can't have somebody that's like, yes, you're right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, I need somebody to be like, no, you're absolutely wrong. And let's try to see from different like, like I need a little bit of a challenge. But again, <laughs> that's just me. And that's also my personality. So that is just really how this space came together. That is how my blog took off and gave me the space to write and to be creative and to be okay to be creative because I was a creative kid. Like I felt like I was extremely artistic. My daughter, I have an older daughter. She's 11. She's the same way, extremely artistic, extremely creative. And when you have your inner child or your own child that's like that, you want to try to find ways to encourage that because those creative, that creative moment in you will help you as you get older. And I'm so glad that I can see my own daughter as she formulates herself to get to that same level of creativity because reality of it is, is that people always have to down people who are either creators, whether you're a blogger 
or you're a YouTuber or whatever your your genre of creativity is, people always look down on it like that ain't no real job. But the reality of it is cre being creative can become so dope, so amazing. And that's why I encourage if you have a child or if you have someone in your life that's creative, don't discourage them encourage them because even if you felt like they was getting it wrong 99% of the time guess what it's that 1% that's going to pop and people need to feel happy from the inside out and if being a creative makes a person happy I have had plenty of times where I've worked two three jobs I've had times where I've worked nighttime jobs and still got up and went to whatever I had to do for my blog or whatever the case may be because for me those are the things that are fueling the background for me to do what I do those are that's what fuels me they might help to get me to my next journey. So don't don't count out somebody that has a creative bug in them. And they also want to, you know, continue working to fuel or to to finance. Like, come on, it takes coin. Everything ain't, ain't, ain't nothing in life free. So sometimes it takes a little coin to get you to where you have to get to. So sometimes you have to work. You have to work hard at the in the background. I've been up two, three o'clock in the morning recording. I've been up two, three o'clock in the morning writing. I've been up two or three o'clock in the morning editing. But I don't call it it's not to me it's not work because when you really like what you do and you love to see the results that you get from the hard work that you put in you'll just do it. So that's like a five second about the things that I have come to to get me to this point of where I am and the things that I've encountered which let me just keep it real we're going to be talking about different where I've encountered so many different things I've gotten so many life lessons from so many of my most disastrous failures for me failure has been the most the biggest catalyst to get me to point from point a to point b now that doesn't mean i'm just walking around here making mistakes just so i can figure out my lesson that just means that as i make the mistakes whether that be knowingly or unknowingly it has helped me to become a better person we are so afraid to make a mistake because that mistake seems so debilitating and trust me i have been there some of the mistakes that I've had, I would go back right now and erase, but they have created space within myself to first realize the things that were inside of me that I didn't even know were even I was even capable. So as much as we try to venture away from mistakes, mistakes are great. So let's just talk about a couple of things that has, you know, really gone down since the blogging or just really just in this space. You know, we're in, you know, Corona why we keep calling it Corona COVID-19 times where one, the numbers are rising. You know, people don't want to wear their mask. We have protests and racial inequality going on. And let me just say as an influencer and a blogger, it's really important for you to really realize who you are in this space. Because what I love to see is I love seeing all these companies that are coming together and they're like, we stand in solidarity and we're here for you. And we, you know, we want to make sure that all people matter and we want to make sure that we include everyone. But let's keep it real. The best way to include everyone is to make sure you're paying everyone what they're respectfully due. And coins talk. So although I see a lot of black boxes that went down a couple of weeks ago for the blackout. As I'm, I'm glad to see it, but I need to also see how you run your executive board because it's there that the that we get a plethora and a variety of, of voices together that'll help the plethora of variety of people that it should represent. I get sent products um, quite often and I will look on a social media page of the company that'll send me a product and I'll look and see, does this comp does the product and the company represent me? I need to see 
a colorful arrangement of of people that represent your product. I don't want to see one representation of a product. I don't. I want to see colorful. I want to see different genres of people. I want to see just this different genres of people represented all together because then that lets me know that you actually care. You're actually seeing it because that's really how the world represents regardless of how much divide is going on. End of day, we physically have an arraignment of beautiful colors of people and that's how products really should be represented. There shouldn't be a product that's good for one and not good for the other. And, you know, we talk about Rihanna and Fenty, but the reality of it is, is that it made the makeup world step their game up to make sure that they included brown faces and dark faces and in between faces. You can't have five colors and then say, figure it out. Do you know how many times I've had to take <laughs> three, four five foundations to mix them together to try to come up with my beautiful chocolate brown color. Now companies are finally getting it, but it shouldn't have taken a Rihanna. Although let me just say we love and stand for some Rihanna, but it should have taken that. We should have already been there because the reality is that's just the way the world works. If you're trying to sell sweaters and you only have one color of people on there or one kind of people on there. I mean, it's just, it's daunting because it's like, listen, I want, you know, I have nieces that are mixed. I want them to be represented. I want my brown, beautiful brown skin to be represented. I want a beautiful Asian woman to be represented. I want all colors of people and women and men and all kinds of people to be represented, not just one. So it's really hard in this influencing world because there's been a lot of call out with a lot of brands who made these black boxes that said we stand in solidarity. But then the staff are saying, now, hold up. Wait a minute. Now, y'all have made this stand because you didn't want to come off politically incorrect. And it's now popular to say that we're amplifying black, you know, black voices right now. But the amplification ain't going but so far, because the reality is, if you start treating the people that's behind the scenes and you it ain't matching them black boxes, then we got a problem. So as an influencer, as a blogger, as somebody who gets products sent to me all the time, I'm very, very, very aware of a product that I put out. I have been grateful because when I first started out in blogging, I didn't know anything about getting products. I didn't know anything about even getting a coin for putting anything out. I never knew it. I think I was maybe two years in when I think I started seeing stuff come up on like as I was blogging and I would see people and I was like, oh, snap, wait a minute, hold up. People's getting paid to put out content. Wait a minute. What's happening? And so it has changed, obviously, the way that I move. But I made a stand from the very beginning and this is why you have to make a stand from the very beginning in, in your career, no matter what career you go into, make a stand in the very beginning. I wanted to make sure that I represented products that would make me um, proud and it would make eventually, you know, as my kids get older, because some of the products that I like, they may not be able to, to be involved in. I love wine. They can't drink wine. I love pretty much all alcohol. They can't do that. But I want to represent when I do coordinate with another company, I want to just overall have a sense of pride. I don't want to feel like, oh, my God, I done linked with this company and this company ain't doing nothing about nothing. And now I'm looking crazy. And so I made that very clear proclamation. I made it on the blog and I made it in my personal stance is that I want to make sure that the companies I represent are doing what they're supposed to do behind the scenes as well as in front of the scenes. So any company that I feel, unless you can find it, I have not. Um, any company that I've actually represented or have done any product, anything with, I have not felt like I had to renege anything or come back with any statement on my part at all. And I'm so grateful because I'm very picky, even though 
you know, all money, all good, all money is not good money. And so I don't, I'm not in a rush to blow up in any way. So I'm not like, let me just jump and get with this product because they're, they're giving me a check. That is not how I operate. That is not how I will ever operate. I want to at least have some sort of integrity when it comes to how I'm, how I move with brands. And I want to say sort of, I want to have as much integrity as possible with what I know. Um, to be fair. And that's just how I want to be able to move. And I know that that's not always the case. I have a lot of blogger friends, influencer friends, and the way they move is the way they move. But the way I move is the way I move. And so I'm not in a rush to become so, you know, insta famous that I just forget, like, I want to be represented correctly. And I want to make sure that that is any product that I'm using, or especially if I'm endorsing or saying this is a good product, that it comes off with the much respect. So you know, if you have anyone that's listening, that's like, oh, I want to be able to get paid for my content, trust and believe you better know who you are and have some thick skin because you are going to get drilled in the comment section about all kinds of stuff. Somebody will point out the most crazy that your eye was looking crazy. I saw your eye was crooked over there. Your glasses is crooked. Your life was crooked. Like you, <laughs> you have got to get to the point where you got some good skin and whatever you put out, whether it's a blog or a podcast, whatever it is, you better make sure that you feel completely proud of that product that you put out because let me tell you just as good as you put out a product there will be somebody coming right behind you that says I don't like her or they'll say things like she didn't do this well she could have said that better she could have did this better and criticism is going to come and I take it with a long-handed spoon I take all things in and then what's for me if I need to change or if I need to adjust to make things better I'm all for it but if it's somebody that's just trying to tear you down and there will be some few of those that come along you can best believe that they can just stay on the outside and looking in because I'm not going to do as much changing as I need as people think I should especially when I don't believe in it it's just not something that I feel like I'm going to be like a chameleon and just keep jumping from brand to brand coast to coast I'm not doing any of that because I think Reality is you have to stay true to yourself, especially when the brand or whatever you're representing, especially when it's about you, you got to make sure you stand on that because nobody else is going to, you know, everybody is waiting out with their hands out, but nobody wants to do the work. So just have, a, you know, some integrity within yourself about what it is that you want to put out, because this is the time if you've ever wanted to do something, don't wait until you have certain things in line. I would say I was, oh, I'll, I'll do a podcast when I get the right equipment, uh, learning that equipment. Yes, can be expensive, but equipment can also not be as expensive and you can kind of do finagle things around there, especially in this age, man, 2020, there's like a thousand one ways to do the same thing. And that's what I love about this world. Like as much as we want to make excuses about the things that we can or cannot do, there's people out here that's like, wait a minute, <laughs> there's a door, there's a crack in that window. I'm going through that crack. And so just be aware if you're trying to create something, there's always a way to do it. And when you don't know, ask somebody. I am not beyond an ask of, hey, how do you do this? Hey, how can I make something better? Asking questions is how you get people's attention. There's no way I wouldn't even be here without getting the attention of Good Pods, without getting the attention of Blog Her. I wouldn't consider myself the person I am without being able to say, hey, I don't get it. I don't know, but I want to know. Can you show me? When you are in somebody, when you slide into a company's DM, you are all asking, we're all asking for something, but just be sure that when you ask, come from a place of, I want to learn something. Because when you come from a place of learning something, then people are so willing to teach you and show you the ropes. It's amazing how we don't 
represent ourselves enough because we feel like we just we're not perfect enough in something. But I found that the greatest thing is to ask when I was when I would go to blog her um, conferences, I almost missed out on my first one because no one would go with me. You know how that is, especially when you deal with social anxiety. I will clam up in a hot second when it comes to like meeting someone. It's very debilitating. Sometimes you feel like you're stumbling on your words or you feel like you have no you don't even feel like you're worthy enough to ask somebody a question. And that's how I was when I first started going to the blog her conferences. I was like, there ain't no way my little 500 something people on Instagram is going to even get the this big brand attention. And the reality of it is, is that I used to always say I'm not big enough. I'm not big enough to be in the room with other people who have these 20k accounts. I'm not big enough to be in a room with these bloggers who have been blogging for 10 plus years. Or for people who've even started, and they seem like they just have all this popularity, and they're just popping up from the middle of nowhere. And here I am small. I'm so small. I'm not big enough. I'm not worthy. I have all these different complexes is why I can't do something. But big things come from small packages. Let me tell you something. One of my friends said to me, so when you go, so when you waiting to pop? And I was like, what? She's like, when you waiting to pop? And I thought about it and I thought about it and I'm like, well, I don't know. I guess when I get to a certain number, she said, okay, so then when you get to that number, then you're going to pop. I was like, yeah, you're right. I'm going to have to get a other extra number. So I kept taking the number up and up and up and up. Guess what? I have not yet achieved whatever number it may be in my mind, but I'm such a big force and such a small package that the reality of it is, is that I'm popping now. If you have one follower, if you have 10, it's not about the followers, it's about the content. And although the growth seems small, it's about keeping stability. It's not a, you know, I know a lot of things about popularity, but let me explain something to you. You can get more from being yourself than you could ever get from just having the numbers. And I know that seems crazy for someone like myself that, you know, is in a, in a I guess I want to say in the world of numbers to say that but the reality of it is if you're a dope individual people will hear that they're like wait something about her I got to get her I got to talk to her I don't know what I don't know who she is but I got to get in front of her I got to get her in a meeting that's how I move now I don't move from a place of waiting to pop I don't move from a place from feeling like I'm you know inferior to anyone I walk into a room and I say hi my name is Latoya but most of the times I say toy and I am toy from toy time blog and I say that even if my knees are knocking and I say that even if my words are, are sounding like they're all jumbled up. I say that because there was a point in time like when I was the first day at home mom and I would just sit around, you know, doing my blog in the beginning. It was hard to balance, you know, this motherhood life being up all night anyway. And then trying to do something that I loved. And so I said to myself, remember those nights? Remember those nights when I would have to, let me just tell you, I am, I'm not saying I'm a hustler, but I'm, I got hustle in me. There were times when I was, when I first moved to Philadelphia, where I was working like two, three different temp jobs at one time, because I didn't want to, first of all, I had to work around my kids because my kids were young. They had to be in daycare. Okay. And I don't know about you, but I had multiple, I have three children. So you can just imagine I've always had at least two kids in daycare. And then the one child might have been in school. 
So anybody who's ever had a child in daycare, you know that them daycare expenses is not cheap. There have been times where I've worked. I used to work in a factory. I won't even call the name of the factory out in them from 11 to seven. And I would get up. Let me just tell you, I was tired and I was exhausted and I was working late at night. But I was doing it because I was like, listen, I can't put I can't be putting these kids in daycare. I can't be doing all this. This stuff is expensive. And you're like, well, how are you doing that at with a husband? Listen, my husband and I have been very clear. We're going to do whatever it takes to make whatever has to work. And he would go from one job and he would pick up the kids or I would pick up the kids and then I would go from another job. And so, yeah, I remember those days when I was sitting at home or sitting at work crying because I was frustrated because I wanted to see my kids or I was tired and I was trying to give them my everything. And everybody's like, oh, your pictures are so cute. You're out here coordinating with the kids. You had no idea. Some of you are probably hearing this from the very first time. I was out here legit going from one spot to another spot to another spot, making sure these bills got paid, making sure my kids had whatever they had, making sure that I was at whatever school meeting, making sure that I was at whatever blog event, literally running around trying to make things happen. But in the midst of that, I remember saying to myself, but if I get to a certain spot, then I'm going to be good. Listen, I don't know when that certain spot's going to happen, but what I do know is, is that I remember them days crying and I remember them days being frustrated and I remember them days saying, I just want to do this and do that and do this and do that. So I don't waste none of my time anymore when I go into a room because I don't have time to waste. I'm walking into a room. I'm going to own it. If I'm scared, I'm going to just let fear drop. Eventually it's going to have to drop because it's got to come. It's got to come with me. It cannot, it's not going to keep me anymore in the house or in fear of what people are going to think or in fear about what a, a company is going to say because what's the worst that they can say is no do you know how many times I heard no when I went first started my first job after being at home people would say well what makes you a good candidate and I would tell them well I'm a stay-at-home mom but I can multitask like nobody I can do this 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 and that I have this degree I have this skill set and this is what makes me a good candidate I learned a very valuable lesson that even when you feel like you have this space and time or you have like a gap in employment Listen, I was out here literally multitasking like nobody. So nobody could come and tell me how I could handle a stressful job when I'm handling a child that two kids that had asthma, a small child that wouldn't even take um take a bottle. And marriage, life, bills and everything that was happening at the same time. There's nobody that could tell me, well, how can how do you handle the stress of a job? How do you handle the demands of a job or a boss that's that's difficult? None of those things like that could ever stop me from a question in, in anybody's job. And and with that, with the blog, I transferred that mentality over to why would I come into a meeting and tell somebody, well, I'm small, but I'm nice or I'm small, but I'm good. I can do this, but I'm small. So, you know, just look past the numbers and see me. No, I come in there as if I come in there with 20K people behind me. I come in there with as if I'm coming here with an, a celebrity endorsement. I walk in the room because legit don't have time to try to convince you and me. I only have time to say, this is what I got. And as many times as I've heard, no, I would hear no, 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 no. Sorry, you're not qualified or you're overqualified or sorry, no, you know, you have too much of a gap or sorry, no, this, this and that. As many times as I've heard, no, it built so much character in me that if I hear no and I'm going to hear no, no is okay. No will not kill me. I live through a you know the first time I'm going to live through another no the next time. So I don't let no stop me. So I know there's somebody listening that's like, well, I'm small and I don't have this and I don't have that. You never walk in talking about what you don't have. You only talk about what you got. 
And when you learn who you are, you spin any type of negativity. Like I'm like, listen, no. Oh, you you looking for something? Oh, you're looking for somebody with 20K? That's fine. Well, what I don't like, and oh, I don't have 20K, but let me tell you about my blog numbers because there's people reading this material. There's people reading this content and that's where you want to get your product in front of. Like you've got to learn how to walk through a door and sell yourself not because you feel like you so good there ain't nobody else going to be there but reality is you really are that good because there could be a 20,000 podcasts right the reality of it is that you came to listen to this one because there was a message that you had to hear because you had to take that message from your headphones to the real life you had to take your the, the fact that you felt small and apply the greatness that you are so that you can go to that next job interview and kill it so that you can sit up there and differentiate, but say, okay, listen, I'm dating this guy. He ain't right. I don't know if I should, you know, leave him because if I do, I won't get another one. Listen, sis, the one that you got to get rid of is only moving out the way so that you can get the one that's supposed to be there. And let me tell you, we're going to talk about that couple of relationship stuff too, because everybody's like, oh, my husband and I will be married eight years in August. And everybody's like, oh, you guys are so cute. You guys were college sweethearts that went to Penn State together. And you just look like the couple that's, you know, the love most lovable couple. That's because we done been through some things. Even through our eight years of being almost eight years being married, we have known each other for over 20 years. We have a very strong foundation of friendship that was established way before we got together. And it's that that foundation of friendship that keeps our marriage pretty grounded when life has happened. We have endured job job loss on either side. We have endured bills being crazy, not enough money to pay. We've endured the loss of my uh, mother-in-law. We have endured family drama. We have endured uh, me packing up every two seconds, especially when I was in my postpartum and talking about I'm taking the kids. Now, where was I going with an infant? I'm talking about a baby baby and a toddler. I can't even drive from here from one hour away with him. And I'm talking about packing up, leaving. I mean, we done been through it all. And so when people say, oh, you guys look so cute, you don't realize that the cute pictures that you see, every smile that I've had, I can look at a picture and say, I remember what's going on in that picture. So when you see somebody boo loving or whatever on Instagram or Facebook or social media, there's always a story behind. And what people fail to realize is that you only see this one shell of a picture. There's always a story behind that. And so when you are what I like to call coveting, you want to have the life that you see somebody put out you have to be willing to take what that person has been through. I used to be like, oh, my husband doesn't, you know, he doesn't put me on Facebook or Instagram as much as the other person. And then I had a situation happen with, where I had to get that bubble popped because who I was idolizing and looking up to as far as them being marriage goals. Oh my gosh, I don't even believe in marriage goals. I believe in marriage moments because we stay so much standing for someone else's marriage, someone else's relationship, and we make them so many relationship goals. And the reality of it is, is that there's so much of a struggle in the background that we are not even willing to pay the same price that that couple may have paid to be where they are. So that's a little word for somebody. Don't look at somebody else's life and think that their life is so popping that you forget that every last one of us, me, you, your friends, your parents, it does not matter. We all have a place where we all, if we're willing to pay that same price that that other couple paid or that other person paid or that other company paid because they were up and they had a failed product and they had to keep going through different changes to get what you see. So as much as we think 
we want what we see somebody else have or we want what someone else may be looking as if they have. We just have to be very careful, extremely, extremely, extremely careful about what we see and the reality of us realizing that there comes a point in our time where we just really have to take a step back and decide what's for us and what's not for us. And one thing that I've learned is that nobody can stop me from becoming anything that I want to be, not myself, not anybody, because what's for me is going to be for me. And even if I'm walking in a place where I feel like I'm not a, I'm not at liberty to attain, I feel like I'm not, again, this whole not worthy. We have this this mindset, this mindset of ours that we just feel like it's just something that's not for us. We don't realize that the very things that are for us are going to come. And this is why you have to have a work ethic that's above anybody that you know. You have to be willing to put that work in. Because as much as we talk about the Beyonce, we talk about Beyonce. I don't want to say the Beyonce, but we talk about Beyonce and we talk about how she just looks like she has it all together. It's her work ethic. You know, not a lot of us would be out here having babies and twins. I'm a twin myself. And I, my mom, I don't know what she did to, you know what I mean? My mom, she just, you know, she did what she had to do, but not many of us would work that hard to have a baby and work that hard to lose that weight. So, so fast, we wouldn't be out here being vegan and different things to stop and make drop this weight so that we can put on a worldwide show. Not a, a lot of us are not willing to put that work in. And so we see people like Beyonce and we're like, oh my gosh, she's great. And let's not get it twisted. I am part of the beehive. I feel like I'm like the executive assistant of the beehive. But even despite that, Beyonce has a great hardworking work ethic. And you have to come in the door with the work ethic for whatever field or whatever it is that you're trying to do and amplify that because that's the only way you're going to ever make anything great is by working hard. Working hard is the key to a lot of where our doors are going to open because people may not see that work behind it, but they can see that great product. So we have so much to talk about. We have so many topics to talk about. Again, I want to reiterate, we're going to talk about it all. And we're going to talk about it too, like from the failures. What was the lesson that I learned when I failed? And I'm telling you, some of the lessons are very emotional. Like I remember things like, you know, almost tearing down my whole, my own marriage with my own hands. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the the failures that I've had, even with my own children, as much as I want to be like this doting mom, I've had moments where I'm like, I didn't say that right with my children and I didn't do that right. And it's even beyond just a simple, didn't say that right. Or simple, didn't act right. But it's more or less like, am I damaging them and being careful of that? Like being careful of that, like I can give my kids all kinds of material things, but the reality is I'd rather make sure that their mental health and their emotional health is intact. Those are the things that I'm always worrying about. And if I make a mistake in that, I'll be the first to be like, you know what, kids, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. Mommy made a mistake. Even in friendships, I've made mistakes in, the, in my friendships in the past that have helped me to obviously become a better friend. But then I've also had friendships that didn't make it. And as much as I want to say that that friendship didn't make it because of whatever that other friend or whatever happened, I've played a huge part in that. I've had relationships with family members that went south. Some of them are redeemed. Some of them are not. Some of them may not ever get redeemed. But the reality of it is, is that there has to be a point where I played a part in that. And we're so afraid to say that it was me because you we listen. I would be like, oh, it's nope, not me. I didn't do nothing. That was them. No, 
even if it was then like let's say they started something but if I come behind them and finish it and if I contribute it in any way I got to own the part that I contributed in and so that's just the reality because failure literally is always around us and sometimes you get so worried about making a mistake you actually make more of a mistake trying not to make a mistake if that makes sense I've had moments like that I've had moments sitting in a car at a job that I knew I did not like didn't even like the boss didn't like the way the job was being run let's just talk really quick about one example I had a situation where my boss was pretty much stepping the line like a habitual line stepper and I would cry all the time and just be like God let me get out of this job this this person is horrible I can't stand being around them but I gotta suck it up and deal with all kinds of carrying on knowing I didn't want to be there and I would cry and I would cry and I would cry and I would cry but by the time I got to them, I was looking okay. I was on point, right? Because I can do my job. I can do my job well with my eyes closed. But I remember those moments of feeling like if I ever can get out of here, I would never come back. But you know what I learned? I learned that I was actually running from one from one boss to another. And I there was a lot of attributes that I never questioned. See, this is when you go into a job interview. Don't stop letting them ask all the questions. You start asking questions. Why did the last person that you have here not make it? What was it about your personality that may have made them go a different way? What are your actual you know, attributes that you have that may have rubbed maybe the people in the last couple positions from this position here? Those are the type of questions you should be asking, FYI. Because listen, if you don't and you don't try to get a general sense, because some people can put on a good show and they can put on their best face. But every actor, like my mother would say, has to lay down a part. And the reality of it is, is that I just never learned to ask the right questions until, of course, I'm at that point now where I'm like, oh, let me ask some questions. Because I remember them days sitting in them, in them cars crying because I used to hate having to go into a job. And it wasn't because I didn't want to work. Let's be clear. I am a worker by nature. But when something no longer serves you, you end up terrorizing yourself, literally yourself, longer than you really should. You can be in a relationship and terrorize yourself because you know you're not supposed to be there, but you waiting on them to do something that's going to make you feel like, oh, I'll never go back. When you have the control to leave the whole entire time. So we're going to talk about all of that because that's the reality of that's just how I that's how I've moved. That's how I've learned some of the greatest, greatest lessons was them tears. That frustration, that anger moment. That moment of feeling like I wasn't worthy, like I've learned so much about myself. So we will be back next week with some more content. I can't wait. It's all lined up. I'm all ready to go. But I really thank you. I honestly thank you for tuning in today, today's episode. I hope that that gave you a five second in your, you know, introduction to who I am, what I stand for, because we're going to talk more about it because you're going to learn me more as we get to listening and having these conversations. That's why it's conversations with Toy because these are the very things that no one else will say because they're afraid that by revealing that they were so messed up in something that they were doing or somewhere where they at that it makes them less than but I feel like it doesn't make you less than it makes you even more if you can just show like reality of where you truly are not just the pictures that we post not just the things that we want people to know but the very essence of the things that we have overcome and let me just share this with you you have a story and there is somebody waiting to be delivered from hearing your story, but you have to be take that first step to be able to speak it. And if you've already been through it, you've already you already made it. I want to help somebody else make it. I want to help somebody else that may be struggling 
to get to the other side because that's the reality of there was nobody there to help me at many of times. So I want to make sure that I be that beacon, that voice for someone else. So join me next week. We'll talk about it all and we will be there to encourage each other and we'll be there to talk about it and we will we'll move along with these conversations together. And again, if you would like to read a lot of the blogs that I talk about, because I try to be as very as concrete as I am in speaking, I try to be as very concrete as I am when I write, you can come to www.toytime.org. Follow me on all social media platforms as Toy Time Blog. And again, we'll see each other next week. Thank you as always for joining me. And I know that even in the deepest or joyful conversations, that there's something we can learn and apply. Until next time, I hope that you are doing better. If not, we will be back to talk some more and handle it. Peace to you and yours. Stay grounded.